and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast or Sports Life. I'm not even a fan. I'm your host, Swim Blue, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. I mean, this is one of the most relaxing afternoons um, that you could possibly spend in a sporting context. Um, the Raptors winning by a score of 142 to 113 over the Detroit Pistons. The Pistons came into town on a 10-game losing streak. And, and, you know, sometimes when you when you see something like that, you're a little bit nervous. Like, okay, you know what? There's almost like a no-win scenario, right? Like, you win, you probably don't feel anything. You know, it doesn't really necessarily, you know, ch- you know charge you up or anything like that. It's just kind of like, okay, you took care of business. Versus if you do lose, then you have everything to lose where you'd be so pissed to, to lose to this team. But, I mean, right from the start of the game, you could tell that, number one, the Raptors did have a focus, and they did really play well coming out, um, you know, 4 p.m. Sunday night kind of game against Detroit like you could I I mean look I've seen games where the Raptors have taken their foot off the gas pedal that didn't really happen here tonight the Raptors you know realized early on they can get you know to the post they can get into the paint anytime that they wanted to and um, you know it was funny the only thing (laughs) keeping the Raptors from scoring 40 points in the first quarter was just like guys missing some layups I think Pascal might have missed like three layups just in the first quarter alone but it was so easy to, to get into the paint. It was so easy to get out on the break. It was so easy that, you know, the bench units, which have been struggling, um, especially the Scotty-led bench units, they came in and, and they were actually the ones to firmly put the Raptors up, up ahead double digits. Raptors up 12 after the first quarter. And, you know, at no point did the Raptors even get into a game from that point onwards. Like, it was a blowout from the first quarter onward. Like, it's it's kind of funny to watch it. But, um you know, I think on that front, like Detroit just didn't offer any sort of resistance whatsoever. And you know that they're shorthanded offensively. Like, I'm not expecting this group to come out and, and play explosive basketball. That's just not what their talent will dictate. Um, you know, Cade Cunningham obviously is a guy who can score. And, you know, um, he, he does feel like he's alone out there most times. Like, you know, if, if there was anybody who set up, you know, some decent half-court offense, it would be Cade. Mostly because he's, what, 6'8", number one overall pick, you know, can score. Uh, at three levels and make some passes. I mean, wouldn't say he's the most efficient, but I also find it hard to judge his efficiency when he has to set up 100% of his own offense and there's no, like, scoring around him. Um, but, like, besides that, like, there wasn't anybody who can really, like, get, you know, attack off the dribble. Wasn't really anybody who was a huge threat to score. Um, I suppose the Pistons had some stretch bigs, you know, like like uh, Isaiah Stewart, you know, can get out there and play, play pick and pop, but he wasn't knocking those down either, and you know, some of their more athletic bigs, they weren't really, you know, getting offensive rebounds in the same way that could sustain their offense. I mean, I, I feel like I'm just describing in every way possible how much this team struggled. Like, it, it's, um, it was really easy. And I felt like, too, it was just all the little bounces kind of went, um, you know, towards Toronto. Like, it felt like, honestly, my biggest assessment of this game just felt like it didn't really matter what the Raptors ran. If the Raptors ran anything, it would work and the Raptors would get a bucket. And if the Pistons ran anything, uh, it just wouldn't work. It doesn't really matter. Even when they had opportunities where it's like, okay, I'm in place for a layup, the ball will slip out of their hands. Or like uh, the Pistons are in place to grab a rebound, the rebound will slip out of their hands. Or like got open three, it won't drop. You know, they got a you know easy hit ahead pass for for a layup. You know, they'll, they'll screw up the pass in transition. So it's just kind of one of those nights. Um, and I feel like one of those nights is just gonna be one of their seasons because like, you know, I, it's hard because again, there's only been I think the Pistons have played 14 games. There's only been 14 games, so it's it's hard when you start a, game, a season and you already have an 11-game losing streak. Like, this reminds me of, like, some of those, like, really, really dark Raptor seasons where, you know, um, you just kind of have no hope. You don't really have prospects. I mean, I, I would say in this case, the Pistons technically have prospects in terms of just where guys were drafted based on their draft slots. But, 
you know, when you think about that too, it's like that that alone doesn't translate to success. And uh, we saw that here tonight. But listen, let, let's talk about the Pistons in just a second. Let's let's talk about the Raptors to start. Obviously, um, best news out of today besides the win is that OG and Obi was able to return um, to action. And um, you know, it, it wasn't uh, the smoothest game for him offensively. I think he he took the right shots. He just was a little out of rhythm. Could knock down open threes. That's the biggest reason why he went two of eleven from the field, including one of six from three. Got to the foul line a decent amount. Did a decent job of you know playing in the post, kick out, all this other kind of stuff. But like he really, really, you know. Um, he really like um, did. I think what you would typically see from OG, but obviously he had cut his finger um, doing some household activities. I was told it was he was moving some furniture or something. But regardless, like he did cut his finger, and so he didn't need stitches to to get it healed. It was on his right hand, which is a shooting hand. So you know he needed some time to recover. But when he did come back, it, it seemed like there was. I mean, this is just a regular OG game. Um, in terms of how he played. I think defensively it was interesting too because obviously he was going to be out there against Cade Cunningham. It was only interesting in the sense of like I wanted to see how he would guard Cade. You know, I do remember one game from Cade's rookie season where the Pistons were able to to beat the Raptors largely because Cade could not be stopped down the stretch. And there were some possessions where Cade really went at OG and crossed him up a couple times. Um, I thought OG did a much better job of guarding Cade um, this time around. Basically, the Raptors had uh, OG guarding Cade, and then when it was the Pistons against the Raptors in some of those transition lineups, you know, the Raptors would also have uh, Dennis Schroeder guarding Cade as well. And I thought both guys did a really good job of, you know, trying to take away the pull-up three, um, trying to get him downhill. And, you know, w- one thing with Cade that's interesting is if he did have, like, I suppose the hardest thing to guard about his game right now, I think is just how low he can get on some of his crossovers. Um, and then he'll get really low, but then also then extend up and he is six foot eight and he has like decent length and all that kind of stuff. So it's tricky to guard him. It really is. Um, it's tricky to keep him from getting to the paint, but I thought this was a really good game for Jakob Pertl. Did a really great job of contesting, rebounding as well. Just just overall really, really good defense from Jakob. And he didn't miss um, any field goals and he went four or five from free throws, which is, you know, for him, really, really amazing mark. Um, so, he, you know, there was rim protection back there, but I thought OG did a really good job of fighting through some screens. And, you know, again, even if you couldn't navigate the screens, like forcing K to get inside the three-point arc. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, I, I, at times I felt bad for K because it felt like, you know, he had literally no help out there, but he really didn't have any help out there. And, uh, yeah, he was not able to impact this game nearly to the degree that this game would have needed to, to keep it even competitive. But OG looked good. He moved around well. Only played 27 minutes. It helps that it's a blowout. Um, you know, I, it, but, uh, you know, I'm not really concerned at all. There's still a wrap, obviously, on his finger, but, um, like, like it's he, he's going to heal. It, it's not like he's going to have this. It's not going to be a recurring issue for him, especially considering it was just a one-time thing. Um, as for the rest of the guys on the team, like, you know, it's, it, was, it was certainly a get-right game in the sense that, like, both for the team as a whole, because the Raptors had lost uh, the last what, three games, two games? They lost the last two games, right? So, you, you know, against Milwaukee, that game wasn't close. This, uh, The Boston game was a bit of a regret because of the fact that, you know, they defended really well to give themselves a chance to win it, but some costly decisions down the stretch. Again, I, I don't need to repeat it. You can listen to the last reaction podcast. Um, but in, in this kind of game, right, you, you really were able to sort of, you know, get yourself right. And, you know, whatever you need to work out, you know, just work it out, you know, and so... For Pascal, it was uh, kind of the typical stuff that he that he has done in the last couple games here. He was really able to, 
you know, uh, play with his back to the basket, uh, you know, get into the paint, make some plays off drives, make some plays off kickouts. You know, he did a really good job uh, with the, the bench units as well. I think, um, I mean, look, listen, every unit worked, you know what I mean? So I'm not trying to say that uh, this is some sort of uh, proof of, uh, you know, uh, yeah, proof, I guess, that it works. But, yeah, he did a really good job with pretty much every unit that he was out there. Did a recent job with distributing, uh, ran the break really well, um, made extra passes on the break as well, too. So he did a great job. The only thing was he missed a couple of layups to start the game. But, I mean, who really even cares? I got on the offensive glass. He even knocked down a three, which, you know, it was funny. I think it was the third quarter Pascal knocked down a three, and it was just like a regular catch-and-shoot three, nothing really that special. But after he made it, um, I was watching his reaction coming up the court, uh, getting back on defense, and he was holding his hands up to the sky like, thank you, thank you, finally, like, because, you know, he, he obviously has been struggling with the three. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely want to see him get back on track on that front because, you know, the Raptors definitely need um, more three-point shooting pretty much across the board. But especially for Pascal, like, you know, it's it's pretty important that I'm not asking him to, to, to make a whole bunch of pull-up threes or anything like that. But, you know, catch-and-shoot threes, like, this is something that he can do, and he's been underperforming on that for the last couple of weeks. But, yeah, he got his points easy. It was nice for him. Um, 23, 7, and 6. That's basically a season average from last season. Um, and he shot really well from the field overall. This is despite missing some opportunities. I thought Scotty was the, the the one who really kicked the Raptors into gear. Um, you know, Scotty in the first shift, you know, with the starters, didn't actually get any opportunities, maybe one or two. Uh, but when he checked back into the game, so Scotty's uh, sub pattern is typically he subs out first in the uh, in, in, in for the starters, probably around the six-minute mark, and then comes back in either late in the first quarter or maybe even to start the second quarter. In this case, he came back late in the first quarter and, you know, instantly got the group going. Um, look, the Raptors had no issues anyway, but, like, just getting up the floor, you know, playing pick and roll, um, finding opportunities for guys, you know, getting out in transition, uh, showing some pressure. Like, Scotty's energy was great. Like, the start of the second quarter when it was still Scotty in the bench group, uh, the Pistons were inbounding the ball, and Scotty put like a whole bunch of pressure on the inbound, and it actually forced the Pistons to throw a bad pass, and eventually got a turnover. Now, part of that is just look, you should never turn the ball over on an inbound, um, especially when it's only just one guy guarding the inbound, and no, no one else is even getting pressed like that. But still, I thought in, in a game where you know, again, the only thing you worried about is the Raptors not showing up and not giving that effort. In a game like that, uh, I thought Scotty really set the tone and, and really hustled and, and, and created opportunities for the whole bench group. Everyone felt really comfortable in that bench group as well. Um, I think the group was him, OG, Gary, Precious, and maybe Boucher or Grady Dick or something like that. But just, yeah, you know, Scotty did a really good job. And, 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 you know, he was confidently stepping into his threes. He was the Raptors' best three point shooter tonight, three of four from three, ties in with Chris Boucher, who had three threes, I think, in the fourth quarter. But uh, Scotty was confidently knocking those down, corners, and on the wing as well. So it was great to see that. Again, defensive pressure from the Pistons it didn't really exist. But still, like, it, it's encouraging, right? Because we've seen these guys even knock, you know, miss on open threes. So it was great to see Scotty knock down some threes. I, I really appreciated the energy he brought to this game. Shared the ball a ton. Nine assists as well as seven rebounds. Um, really quick hit ahead passes in transition. Again, it's, just, it, it's nothing like, again, nothing super noteworthy to look for in terms of just, like, we haven't seen this before. But... Um, I did appreciate that uh, he played really well, and he was the first one to really, really kick the Raptors into gear, give them the double-digit lead, and the Raptors literally coasted from there. Jakob, already spoken about him a little bit, but you know, um, definitely was able to get to the basket uh, on the rolls. I thought him, you know, 
being assisted by Dennis, being assisted by Pascal, being assisted by Scotty. It was just really easy for Jakob tonight um, to, to roll to the basket. Good hands, too, obviously, the, the catch and finish. And 6 of 6 is always really good, even if they are just layups. Um, I like that twice he went to the free throw line and made two of two from the foul line. You know, it feels very, very rare to see him go up to the foul line and make two of two. He almost exclusively like short rims the first one and then makes the second one by correcting his form. So um, that was good. I think defensively, that was the best part, too, was just watching him guard and, and, and always showing help. And the Pistons don't have like offensive talent, but like the not even offensive talent. They just don't have guys who are really able to threaten. Right. Like Ivy is the downhill kind of guy. Isaiah Stewart was picking and popping, and, 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 you know, he wasn't really knocking those guys down. Um, you know, Kevin Knox was, was you know, struggling from pretty much all over the floor. Uh, and then Asar Thompson's a rookie, and he was kind of just cutting and getting in the middle of the floor and almost kind of, like, screwing up the spacing in a way but with his cutting. But ultimately, you know, he's not a threat to, to score or shoot. So, you know, most of the action was going to be funneled towards the paint, and I thought OG did a good job. You know, Scotty did a good job. Pascal even did a good job of just getting everyone to get downhill. And then... Jakob was there in position over and over again to sort of contest shots, force misses, and rebound the ball and, and start the break. And it's part of why the, why the Raptors had a franchise record 44 assists. It's just, you know, like everybody just getting the rebound and running. And, um, yeah, I mean, when you look across the board, it's really impressive. Like six assists for Pascal, three for OG. Uh, OG did some playmaking out of the post, too, which was kind of nice. Um, some good reads. Uh, Scotty with nine assists. Jakob with four assists. He did a good job of playmaking through the high post as well. Um, you know, him finding Pascal for high lows and stuff like that was, was nice. Dennis with, a, you know, an array of his uh, specialty passes, shovel passes, bounce passes through the legs, you know, um, shovel passes. Like, it just, yeah, like bullet passes, like all, all these kind of things that Dennis is able to do with the ball, he was able to sort of find. Um, and uh, But, yeah, Yaka played well. It's good. Um, you definitely want to see, you know, him getting back to form. I mean, I just think that we haven't, Fully gotten the best out of Yaka Pirtle. Um, not even in terms of numbers. I just mean in terms of like on-court impact. And today was, I mean, he everyone made a great impact. But Jakob, I think, really did stand out to me. Dennis was cool. Dennis was great. Um, you know, I think he had a lot of the offense early on. Pick and rolls. Pistons were dropping a lot. Jakob was setting some mean screens. It was like three or four times today. Jakob, like, erased the defender. Like, either knocked him over or, or sent him back so far that, um, you know, they had no chance of scoring. Like, But, yeah, he did a really good job today. Uh, of getting guys open and because the pistols are also dropping on a lot of these screens that means that dennis has so much space to get into the mid-range area for floaters for for pull-up jumpers and and he did a just had a you know just a really easy night in terms of playing his usual typical pick and roll game couldn't get the threes to drop um but didn't turn the ball over seven assists two rebounds like you know this was uh it was very easy for, for Dennis. And I thought Dennis, too, defensively had a decent amount to do. Like, he did have to guard Ivy, who last year was a pretty tricky cover. This year, he hasn't really gotten into rhythm or, or even played that many minutes, partially probably because he hasn't gotten into rhythm. Um, then you also saw him guard uh, Cade for quite a while. And Cade was pretty much the only threat out there for Detroit. Um, so, you know, I thought Dennis did a good job of sort of, you know, uh, you're not going to stop Cade, you know, especially when you have that, when you're giving up that much size. But at the same time, you know, played the schemes well, didn't, you know, stayed in front of him, prevented him from getting downhill. Um, so, nice change of pace look between him and OG. And I was really happy for the second unit. The second unit guys were able to come in and, and really, um, you know, provide a spark for the Raptors. Obviously, it starts with Gary Trent, who was the first sub off the bench. You know, he got a lot of opportunities today to to catch a shoot for three, and he was 2 of 7 from three. Um, you know, I, I liked all his looks. You know, there were, uh, you know, the only one that was, 
I would suppose force was at the end of the first quarter. They gave the clear out to to Gary to ISO and try to pull out for the jumper, and he um he didn't quite get uh that much separation. But I mean, whatever. It's the end of quarter play. You kill the clock. You take a shot late. Like it, it is what it is. It's not going to be a high percentage shot most times. Um, but yeah, otherwise I, I like Gary's game. You know, again, similar to what Dennis did for the starting group. Like uh, you know, when the Raptors were able to you know play pick a roll or play DHOs or you know, even get Gary just straight curling downhill. Like the Raptors were able to get great offense, and Gary had lots of opportunities to be able to get into the middle of the floor. And he finished the assortment of floaters and ones. You know, got to the basket a couple of times. I still think that that's an area of like you know improvement that uh, for 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 Gary is obviously you know finishing in in the paint and even changing up his finishes, all that kind of stuff. But ultimately, I thought he did a great job. Uh, defensively, I like that he got into it as well. A couple times where he was able to really, you know, take on the challenge and, and press up and, and use his hands. I think that's probably where Gary's best defensively is when he gets really disruptive with his hands coming over from, um, you know, positions where the, uh, I guess the opponent isn't necessarily, uh, you know, uh, anticipating what he's about to do. He had a couple of like steel runouts as well too, so that was nice to see. But yeah, I mean, easy bounce back game for 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 Gary. Um, 18 points for him. You know, Chris and, and Precious, uh, they've been up and down for sure. Like, I, I, you know, this has been one of the themes of the season, one of the themes of the show as well. Uh, but, yeah, I, I thought Chris definitely, did, you know, came on strong late in the game. You know, got a whole bunch of threes to drop. Uh, it was great to see. It was either in the third quarter or the fourth quarter. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I had a lot of conversations and did some research prepping for, for some for tomorrow's show, basically. So, uh, you know, I wasn't always sort of like paying the closest attention to a game like this when it was 30 points uh, the whole time. But, yeah, I mean, you know, Chris was able to ca- catch some rhythm from three. I liked how he ran the break. Uh, honestly, he even occasionally ran the break himself, as in he was the one who was uh, setting up the uh, the offense, which was kind of jokes. Uh, but, yeah, Precious, you know, he did a good job, too, coming in. Um, five assists for Precious, it's, it's, it's a good sign of the system working, right, because the system does, you know, have Precious as a post hub right now for dribble handoffs and for some high-low passes, similar to what Jakob does for the starting unit, right? Like obviously, he's the backup center. Um, so him having five assists, I think, was a good sign of just the system working, also making a couple of right passes in transition. But yeah, Precious, you know, overall did well. A couple bully ball drives here or there, um, you know, pick and pop threes. He was shooting it really well in warm-ups, and, and I was really... You know, thinking that well, if you're going to shoot it this well in warmups, like I hope you 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 have the confidence to let it go in the game as well. And you didn't see any hesitation from Precious. There was no hesitation from any Raptor, by the way. Like everybody was just very confident in, in a good rhythm. Um, but yeah, Precious did a good job. I think defensively too, it was, it was nice to see him take up the challenge. Uh, his rebounding was huge in this one because the Pistons missed a bunch of shots, so you needed somebody to actually close possessions. But uh, he was nice. Those three giving you what uh, Gary with 18 off the bench, Chris was 14, Precious with 12 off the bench, like. Man, there's lots of games this season where it's like, you know, the whole bench would only get 14. The whole bench would only get 12. The whole bench would only get 18. So the fact that those guys individually gave you that was great. At that point, I was just like, look, can other guys just come in the game and make sure they don't have a goose egg, right? Because this game was so simple in the sense that so many offense rebounds given up, so many transition opportunities given up, so much, like, bad defense, so much inexperience on the other side. Like, you know, can you just find yourself an opportunity to score because you just don't want to walk out of this game with nothing not to say you need to pad your stats or anything but like just you should be able to find opportunities to score in fact i was even a running joke on you know um in the booth here where i was like if you can't get a bucket in this game like you probably should get a a 905 stint because it's like it's it was that kind of simple and so 
you know, Grady was the last one to get um, a bucket. He got a, a, a three to drop, which was nice. He also got fouled and, and made his two free throws. So he ended up with five. Um, you know, missed another op- open opportunity for three. But uh, again, like, I, I, I keep trying to tell people this. Like, it's if you come early enough to the game, you will see Grady warm up and you will see that the shot is still inconsistent right now. Like, it really is. Even in an open gym setting, it's inconsistent. But, um, you know, you do trust that a, a rookie is going to eventually obviously figure it out. It's also interesting to me, too, watching uh, the assistant coaches work out Grady before the game because it's not your usual, like, just rebound, get to the spot, you know, um, shoot, whatever. It's not like, okay, maybe we'll have somebody screen for you and, and you come off those screens as if, like, there's a defender or whatever. Um, you know, that's, like, the typical things that you would see in a warm-up, you know. But for Grady, like, you see, like, the coaches actually coming in and working on him on, like, dribbles working on them with passing working on them like they're really really like working on them with like the really really minor things to help develop um but uh yeah i mean you know the threes will eventually drop obviously a huge fan favorite when, when he knocked down the three was probably the loudest the building got all night i think that cut the raptors or that improved the raptors lead to like 38 points or something i don't know but mcdaniels also came in fourth quarter mostly uh was able to get a couple cuts of the basket finished uh, i don't think that necessarily changes anything but happy for him um and yeah, Malachi. I mean, look, Malachi. I thought played decent. You know, um, uh, a couple turnovers here or there, but ultimately, you know, set up the offense well. Knocked down a three, got some, got some layups to drop. I mean, he's been playing well. Honestly, he's probably been the Raptors' like second, maybe third best bench player, and th- that is already like a pretty big improvement from where it was last year. So easy get right gain for the Raptors. Last thing before I go and get out the three stars, um, just wait. I mean, look, listen. I was looking at the Pistons and I'm like. You know, this is one of those things where it's like, I'm not saying that every tank job has to be like this because a tank uh, could very easily be what I saw in OKC over the weekend and, and they beat the Warriors once again. And this was an overtime. Chet Holmgren had an amazing game. Shea obviously had an amazing game, you know, knocking down jumpers and then crossing up Steph and then blocking Steph. And then, you know, like these guys are amazing. Jalen Williams is also amazing. The wing, um, you know, guys like Josh Giddy, all that kind of stuff. But like, this is like the other side of tanking where it's like you come to this team with the Pistons and I understand that they're missing a couple of players like um, actually I don't even know like Jalen Duran and Killian Hayes like yikes or Bogdan Bogdanovich but that wasn't going to change the outcome right I think what's really sad is like they've had like look at their starting five today right they had uh, Asar Thompson was the fifth pick Kevin Knox with I think the ninth pick a couple years ago uh, Isaiah Stewart was the 16th pick Cade Cunningham was the number one overall pick Jaden Ivey the fourth overall pick Right, and then they're bringing two second overall picks off the bench, and Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman, who got thoroughly outplayed by Chris Boucher and Precious Achua, um, and then the rest of the guys, whatever. Sassler, I think, was another first round pick from this year's draft, and he's actually decent, but kind of small and, and mostly just like a combo scoring guard, at least for now, but pretty small. But regardless, you're talking about the fifth pick, you're talking about the ninth pick, the sixteenth pick, the first pick, the fourth pick, the second pick, the second pick. That's their seven man rotation, like. This incredible pedigree, right? On the Raptors side of things, you have what Pascal's twenty seventh, OG was twenty third, Scotty was fourth, Jakob was ninth, Dennis was a late first round pick, you know, back in the day. Pretty much everybody off the bench was like undrafted or second rounders, um, you know. And it's like, man, like after all that tanking, like I actually don't know how many of the Pistons guys I will take even long term as compared to the Raptors guys. Like, I, it, like it, it's tough. It really is tough, and. You know, some of the guys make some progress, but like, but it doesn't mean you, you, you have a hard time knowing if it was even real progress considering the games don't really typically matter. So it's just, 
yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's just got to be really depressing. Like, that's what I feel when I watch the Pistons. Like, they're just mad depressing. Um, I had a, I had a friend of mine who's a photographer who comes to the game. Um, Shouts out to Jeremy, the mainlander, who might make a, su- a surprise appearance tomorrow on the Raptors show. But I was talking to Jeremy before the game because he, he does a great job of, like, photographing players and, and, and you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, are obviously he he comes to only the Raptors games and so he's going to have a lot of pictures of Raptors but he also a large part of what he does is shoot photos for the other team and, and you know all that kind of stuff and I'm like who are you even taking photos of on the Pistons man like you know so yeah it's uh yeah that's a you know you got to have the stomach for this you know what I mean like if you're a Pistons fan right now you, you are you a real real loyal guy um or gal because like wow this this is tough right now but anyway your three stars from tonight's performance you probably could have picked 13 from the Raptors uh, your first star for me is going to go to Scotty. Uh, 17 points, 7 rebounds, 9 assists. Yeah, I think he really got the Raptors going. Knocked down some 3-3s three as well. That was great. Yaku is going to get my second star. 16 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, 3 blocks. 6-6 uh, shooting from the field, 4-5 from the free throw line. So close to a perfect game for Yak, which is uh, kind of amazing that he would almost come close to that. And then your third star is Pascal. 23 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal. 10 of 18 from the field. Knocked down a 3. Um... And, uh, yeah, everybody played less than 30 minutes. Uh, a lot of guys got run, first unit, second unit, third unit. And um, hopefully the Raptors keep this rolling when they go on their little short road trip here. They're going to go play Orlando uh, and then Indiana uh, next week. So thanks all for listening. Oh, you're, you're Joe Henderson Award winner. Um, probably Stanley Umude. Uh, seemed like he was a guy who Monty Williams was, was talking up before the game. And, um, yeah, he came in the game and, and played well. You know, I don't – what, 19 points on 5 of 6 shooting, knocked down 2 3, 7 of 8 from the foul line. So nice game for him. But uh, yeah, easy game for the Raptors, easy win. And the Raptors, they can win on Tuesday. They'll get back to 500 at 7 and 7. So thanks everyone for listening. Great review. Subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, we'll catch you after the next game.